And today I'm going to be continuing my coverage of current events going on in the world and in the U.S. Recently I've been focusing a lot on the Middle East and the situation around Israel and Gaza. And today I'm going to be shifting and talking about the U.S. border situation and how that might tie into events in the Middle East, but also how it ties into this larger Great Reset initiative. So to explore this topic, I've isolated a number of clips from various sources, and I'm going to play them and then comment on them. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, I periodically post reels from various sources, updating commentary on the war. And so, you know, some of these reels are isolated clips from my podcast episodes, and some of them are not from the podcast episodes. But uh, definitely follow me at The Wisdom Tradition on Instagram. And also, if you don't follow me on Substack, I recently did a four-part post where I curated clips from my Instagram in a variety of different subject areas that have to do with this Middle East conflict. And I did a four-part series, like, curating them and, and sort of putting them in order and showing how they build a story about the, the what's going on in the Middle East. And the last one that was in that series was looking at future phases of the war and the idea not only that this conflict could escalate into a larger regional war, but also that the Great Reset agenda could come in and unexpectedly shift that whole situation into a a different phase. It's harder to predict, but keep in mind that Israel's strategic value for the United States is very closely tied into the petrodollar and the oil economy. And Part of the Great Reset is a move to digital currency, so a change in the nature of money, but also a change in the nature of energy and a, and a sort of de-emphasis of traditional carbon-based fuels. And so if that shift does happen, there's no longer a need for Western powers to prop this Israeli government up because this Israeli state would never exist without the protection of the United States And the whole basis of the Israeli state has nothing to do with the cosmopolitan trajectory of world civilization or Western civilization, and it has little to do with the values of the American people. And so I'm wondering if the Great Reset and the various forms that it may take, if that spells the end of Israel, and if it spells an end to the need to balkanize the Middle East region. So this, what we're seeing right now could be the last great hurrah of this paradigm in the Middle East that has been foisted upon the peoples of that region by outside powers, you know, imperial powers, first Britain and then America predominantly. Um, But this could be the last hurrah for Israel and the paradigm of Middle East relations that have been the norm for the past, you know, 70 years, but even going back really almost 140 years. So that is my thoughts right now on the Middle East conflict. I'm actually recording this on the 5th of January, 2024. So now let's move into the open border situation, the border crisis. And this was something that kind of came into my view a few months ago. I had been kind of sleeping on it, didn't wasn't that aware of it. Uh, and then once I started learning about 
it it really is something that has stuck with me because I haven't been able to figure out like this is so crazy. Why would they be forcibly doing this? Why why has this system been engineered into place? And so I I found that the best commentary by far on this, the only people really commentating on it are really people from what are tr- traditionally associated with the right, but really this, di- this dialectic of right and left and liberal and conservative kind of broken down. So the clips I have isolated are from some people who are traditionally associated with that trajectory, but I think are actually willing to look at the ugliness in the world. And that's a, a big theme of why I'm covering these topics because ha- this all has to do with the collective shadow. And so... I'll, talk, I'll get into that more. I have a, a future episode that's going to revisit the topic. I've talked a lot about it in the past. Uh, there are a lot of elements in this long book series that I did on the history of philosophy that talk about the shadow in, in various contexts. Um, so I'll be going back over that. But, the, you know, the whole idea is really premised on the idea that there is a unified field of mind and consciousness that unites all things. And so all of this evil that's happening in the world and all this destructive behavior is all taking place within the context of a unified field. So we need to find some mechanism to explain this situation, and that's where the shadow comes in. The shadow is about the manifest... It's like a karma body. It's the manifestation of, of blockage and the lack of integration within the self. And so, you know, for humanity as a whole, but also on the individual level, this blockage manifests as what Carl Jung called a shadow complex. And so the theme of the current age or the theme of the current time period seems to be an externalization in a very strong, drastic way of shadow complexes at all levels. Uh, so there's a collective shadow complex and then within in different individuals, they're manifesting that in their own way. And so this is time of intense psychic pressure. And the ultimate outcome of this is going to be a sort of revelation of the shadow and you let sunshine metaphorically into that shadow, uh, into that blocked off sphere, and you illuminate it, and that begins the healing process. This deep state is a, is a manifestation of the shadow. So the more these networks get revealed, the networks of like Epstein pedophilia, for example, or the networks that are involved with propping up these wars, like in Ukraine and Israel, and extracting you know resources and impoverishing the third world. These are manifestations of the shadow, individually and collectively, and that's the theme of the time. So, you know, this whole element of this open border situation is really tied into all this because this is a campaign that's designed to have an entropic effect on the the country, and it's not just America. Europe has their own version of it. So, let's call let's say it the West. It's it's meant to degrade and decompose the institutional order as a preface for a larger great reset or restructuring that's going to be happening. And so when we look at this open border crisis and the different situation, uh, different elements of it, we're going to see human trafficking. You're going to see, you know, cartels and sort of gangsterism involved. You're going to see the deep state and you're going to see the puppets in Washington uh, all coming together to manifest this thing, and it has—it's completely outside of the awareness of the pu- majority of the public, and it's outside of the democratic processes of the government. It's uh, small groups of unelected you know, technocrats and oligarchs that are fu- funneling this, you know, for their own agenda. And and so this this aspect that's concealed—if it's let's just say it's a part of the deep state—that references this idea. It's a part of the collective shadow, but but you know. 
what the shadow does in, in your individual life, you know, psychologically in terms of your behavior, but also collectively is that these shadow complexes, the longer we give them their our, our energy and empower them, they become entropic forces in our lives. So they drive us to do self-destructive things. And so this is the epitome of a self-destructive thing for the American nation and also for European culture. Because what you're doing is you're, you're creating an artificial clash of civilization, so to speak. You're driving people who uh, are not going to have an opportunity to integrate into America politically, economically, or culturally. And so they're going to form pockets of, of their native cultures. You're going to have groups of people coming in, and that becomes an asset for the so-called deep state. But that's an asset that they can uh, at some point leverage in the future. And so these are some of the topics that we're going to be discussing and uh, overviewing some clips from on this episode. Uh, a few of these clips are actually from Alex Jones. I've been going back and uh, I hadn't really been paying attention to him, but now that he's back on X and sort of back in the spotlight, that kind of brought him back into my awareness. And I've been going back into his show and just, I, to be honest with you, quite impressed with you know what he's been doing in terms of revealing this agenda on uh, on the open border crisis and he's got one clip i don't have it here to share with you today but where he, he goes back you know 15 years and talks about the foundations of this that this was going to happen and and you know he in presenting his facts he really reveals a lot of the the papers and policy papers that revealed this a long time ago so that's where he's coming from he goes into the government papers think tank papers that advocate for this and then he kind of builds his, and he, he has a lot of guests on too. So, I mean, you know, Alex Jones has a bad rap, but I mean, if you think about it, he's someone who talks about this insane corruption and ugliness. It has for a long time and people didn't want to hear it. And then, you know, it doesn't really get much worse than the Epstein stuff and the COVID lockdowns. Like that was the manifestation, the actual manifestation that in a sense proves all that a lot of what Alex Jones has been saying over the years is actually accurate. This, this type of deep, uh, corruption and I think part of the reason that so many people don't want to engage with him or hear what he has to say and are prone to dismiss him is because again it has to do with the shadow is that it's very painful to have that awakening to want to look at the ugliness either in yourself or in the world that you live in particularly if you're someone who works within the system and benefits from it like hearing the ugly side of that people have an aversion to it and, and that therefore they have an aversion often to the messengers, you know, they want to shoot the messengers. So, so, you know, I, I definitely recommend if you have the time checking out some of his stuff, it's actually pretty good. But anyway, without further ado, let's get into the first clip that we're going to be looking at. It's from the Alex Jones show and it, uh, as a bunch of these are going to be, and it talks about how Biden back when he was running for, uh, presidency, I think in in 2020. So those have been around 2019. Talks about when he gets becomes president, he's he's going to open the border essentially, and that he wants the, all the immigrants to storm the border. So this is like wh whatever people are behind Biden, that neoliberal camp that uh, is part of this great reset agenda and driving it. They clearly have been setting this up for a while as part of a larger scheme. So uh, let's look at that. And in the course of doing that, we'll be getting into some more of the facts about what exactly is happening with the open border, how many people are coming in, and how staggering the numbers are in, in this situation. I mean, particularly if you look at the footage of just thousands and thousands of people every day streaming in, like it becomes hard to even fathom like where are all these people going to go to. But now you have the mayors of various you know states like chicago new york talking about they're overwhelmed and at a breaking point and 
so this is only going to get worse because it just it keeps increasing almost every month. So anyway, here's the first clip. Here's a short clip of Fox News just last night explaining what's happening at the border. Take a live look at our Fox News drone over in Eagle Pass. They have had another mass illegal crossing out there. You can see hundreds upon hundreds no, of illegal thousands. immigrants waiting for processing there. You might be able to see a bridge off in the background. That is where the trains come in. Well, CBP has announced they are suspending railway operations to move CBP officers down into the field to help Border Patrol with processing. In other words, Harris, they're shutting down international commerce in order to help speed up processing of these migrants many of them again will be released and back out here live mm -hmm. december is traditionally one of the slowest months at our southern border but uh, the border patrol union tells us right now their numbers show they are on track to potentially have the highest single month of arrest they have ever had at our southern border but then if you want to fly let's say i want to go interview Tucker carlson next month which we're setting up and TSA might pull me aside, want to grope my genitals. But the border's wide open. Here is a short clip of Biden, when he was candidate Biden, saying, when I win, immediately surge the border. Here it is. What I would do as president is several more things, because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. But you don't need any evidence that you're fleeing oppression. And then they bring unaccompanied children. Now they've stopped the DNA testing that just takes a day or so. So we have no idea where they're going. I mean, this, this is... This is slavery 2.0. This is happening. All right, so this is just the intro to the topic, really. But we have, you know, this clip of Biden. And by implication, we, we know he doesn't really run anything. So it's whatever group is behind Biden signaling at an early point that this was going to be happening. And then as soon as he got in is when this border crisis really started. And then there was a clip there from a news show that was just showing or just talking about how many people, I think there were 300,000 people just in December. And this is supposed to be a low month. And so this is just going to keep ramping and ramping. And I've seen, I mean, I'm not going to share all the clips I've seen the past couple months, but uh, the show Redacted with Clayton Lewis has been doing, or Clayton Morris, I should say, has been doing a lot of coverage of this. Uh, that's actually how I first got onto it. And he's had interviews with a number of different journalists who've gone there firsthand, to, not only to the border, but also gone downstream of it and into Central America and shown this that there's a pipeline and a whole system that's been put into place to funnel these migrants. So the word has been sort of put out, you know, unofficially that this is open, that this program, whoever wants to come can come in. And, and there's a whole infrastructure that's been set in place across multiple countries to bring people. And it's not just people from Latin America. Presidential candidate RFK Jr. went down to the border and filmed something and he was showing how bad it was then, he just kind of went down just one of the lines as an example, lines of people who were waiting to get in. And it was like very few of them were from Latin America. It was people from Asia, Southeast Asia, Africa, like all over the place. And so there's this funnel that's set up so people can come into Central America or Mexico and then get put into this sort of migration route. And then when you get up to the border, there's there's this whole system in place of like military border control agents, like a number of different agencies that are funneling and letting these people in. So this is a, a policy program, but it's not been implemented at anything touching the democratic process. This is completely like a, a deep state slash technocrat operation.
and it does and like there's no explaining it other than it must be for some other purpose other than you know granting asylum to these people because they're they're entering a country that's in an economic crisis i think a lot of them aren't even allowed to work so they're just being put on government subsidies it doesn't make any sense to implement it in this way other than they're bringing in an asset that, that is going to be used in a future scenario and so he was kind of making that point there at the end of the clip um so let's jump on to another clip again this is from the alex jones show and in this particular clip if you're watching this you can see start to see some of the visuals of these these migration flows of thousands and thousands of people coming in up through this pipeline up through mexico latin america up to the border but anyway let's hear this uh, next clip i see the comments all over x everywhere we need the military down there oh the military's on the border don't worry they're there to facilitate and process uh, the feds put out new numbers this morning every three months they are quote apprehending people come to them the amount of people or more than live in the city of denver colorado so we're talking almost a million people now that they're apprehending 800 plus thousand every three months they estimate they only make contact with 20 percent so if it's 800,000 in three months and that's 20%, do the math, it's over 3 million. All right, so he's saying there over, over the span of a few months, up to 3 million people, because a lot of these people aren't even tagged or documented. And uh, like I said, the official numbers were 300,000 last month, but that's, what, that's just documented. So you factor in who may have co also come in undocumented, it could be twice that or more. So it's hard to know. And then there's this whole thing with kids coming through you know it's just it's cr it's crazy but anyway um let's get into the next clip it is also alex jones here we go and the adl the southern property law center are all there suing and attacking and censoring anyone that points this out and the giant human trafficking and the slave labor and the sex slavery is all admitted in senate and border patrol and ice reports our government is run by monsters. This is bigger than the Lolita Express ever transported in children. In its entire decades of operation with Jeffrey Epstein, every day, more children smuggled in by people that aren't their parents and brought right across the border with no IDs to disappear into a hellish black hole in one day than were ever transported in over a decade on Jeffrey Epstein's sex slave plane. Yeah, like 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 he was saying there, and as I, as I was saying earlier, this is a big funnel for human trafficking. It's also a funnel for drugs to come in. It's a funnel for gangs to come in. But it's also, as we're going to be covering later on, at a time when we're creating hostilities with China over Taiwan, with Russia over Ukraine, and with the entire Islamic world over Israel, that's the moment in time when we are funneling undocumented migrants by the hundreds of thousands if not millions into the country just asking for potential terrorist cells to come in the back door or really the front door at this point because it's an open policy to let these people in uh and you're not going to document them so we don't know who's in the country that's a deliberate move this is a policy to do this it's also the policy to have these wars going on so there, this is again combining together to create a very powerful force of entropic negation within the American system. So 
This next clip also from Alex Jones, he makes the point where it's not just that the border is open or the border system is broken. He's emphasizing that it's it's an accelerated. It's a it's a weapon system really. It's a magnet designed to cull in people from all over the world and funnel them into the country. So it's not just the normal migration system, but it's like they're actively have set up a system to bring these people into the country. And this is really not about oh we should we should be a haven for you know displaced peoples or or you know refugees. This is not what's happening because it's it's lawless. It's done outside of the democratic process or outside of the overt government process. And it's a pipeline for all kinds of human trafficking and drug trafficking and all kinds of you know, terror cells and stuff to come in. So this is not altruistic. And the people that come here aren't, even, aren't really able to join the workforce. So they just get put on government subsidies. So there's no explanation for it other than it's intended to bring down the institutional order of the country, which is one of the goals of the Great Reset. So this seems to be a Great Reset initiative. Alex Jones points to the fact that in his research, the, the UN seems to be running this. So it's like the, the deep state, the U.S. deep state, by means of the U.N. and these treaties that, you know, EU and the U.S. has with the U.N. that implements the program. And again, this is happening in Europe, too. It's not just America. That's another thing that you know, you know this, is, this is part of a grand strategy. It's beyond a conspiracy. It's a formal strategic goal of a large system. And he points to the U.N. policy papers that point to this. And so, you know, it's interesting. There were, Before COVID, there was a similar type of stream of policy papers talking about pandemics and lockdown responses and then the actual pandemic happens and everything that was game planned in those think tank papers gets implemented and so again this is where i credit alex jones as he goes and looks at these policy papers and then starts talking about them so he years and years ago pointed out these policy papers talking about the fostering a migration crisis on the west whether they be EU or America. And so now we see the implementation of this happening. This is a system that's designed to funnel millions of people into the country, uh, but not to integrate them. They're kind of kept as an asset. It's, it's not done for out of compassion. I promise you that. This is a very cynical thing, and these people are being used, and potentially this is creating an underclass because once you're in here as an illegal immigrant, you're under the boot of this sort of deep state entity because if you do if you refuse any orders that you're given what you know to go here or to join the army or join the police force or whatever uh, as an immigrant then you can just be shipped out so if you want to stay here you have to be compliant and so that's one of the potential rationales maybe for organizing the system but anyway here's another clip but the border was opened by Biden saying immediately surge the border when I get elected. And then when they broke the border, what did they set up on it? They set up an accelerator. Like putting nitrous oxide on the engine of a car. So instead of it having 500 horsepower, it has 800 horsepower. So if, if, if the police close a highway because of a chemical spill, it's closed. You can't go down it. That's a closed border. If they open the road, the road's open, but you still have the speed limit, 75 miles an hour or whatever it is. But if the police open it up and say, by order of the governor, 
this 100 miles of highway has no law on it now, and you can drive 300 miles an hour on your motorcycle or whatever you want and kill yourself on it. It's Mad Max. You haven't just opened the border. You've accelerated it. So the border is not a border. The border is a catapult. It is a delivery system. It is a funnel. It is a cannon. It is a jumping off point. When you get here, you get free plane tickets, a new debit card, a bunch of money, signed up with a lawyer, all these services, concierge to carry your bags across. That broke today. I forgot to give that to you in the clips. Rob New has it. Get it from him in the articles. I meant to start the show with that. There's just so much. I, I taped something for Crowder, you know, for the Mug Club, and I did a whole deep dive on that. It went like two hours long this morning, so I've already been a busy beaver. That's in there. The videos, all of it. So they, that's why all the illegal aliens have backpacks. You're like, where's all their stuff? They bring in all these bags, and then they're concierged on these fancy Provo, Pro-host buses, coaches. So the border is not broken. The border has been abolished. But that's not enough. But they've still got us arguing on whether the border is broken or not. We're already 10 steps back. Well, we're having a debate whether it's broken or not. Now they admit, oh, it is broken. Legalize everybody and give us tens of billions more to fund even more coming. Now the official White House statement is we just need to legalize everybody. So now it's completely legal, and you can come join the military or the police, and we'll pay you to come here and give you $90,000 a year and let you vote and let you have a driver's license. And if you smuggle kids in, no ID needed, we'll give you money, we'll just ship the kids off God knows where. I mean, the level of this crime is startling. So the border isn't abolished. The border isn't open. The border is greased. The border is a magnet to flood the country. The border is now a weapon. The border is now, just like the UN refugee camps where they organize them at first, is now a political military operation with the military and the Border Patrol as concierge, as mater d's, as butlers, as nannies to anybody and everybody that can get to it. And the State Department is paying most of the money to the UN Resettlement Migrant Refugee Program to ship these people here from as far away as China and Indonesia. So call into every talk show, call into C-SPAN, call your congressmen and women and say, will you stop debating whether it's broken or not? And play in that game, is there a new world order? Is there a plan for a carbon tax? Is there a plan to tax and reduce beef? They're doing it. Hey, Bill Gates has a plan to make you drink sewage water. That's a conspiracy theory. Here's video of him saying it. Now LA's doing it. And we just keep debating what's already happened. So I want to ask listeners, I'm, I'm going to put a tweet out, an X post out in a little while during a break, and I'm going to ask people, Hey, folks, or maybe I'll shoot a video. Hey, folks, the border's not broken. It's a catapult. It's a cannon. It's an accelerator. It's nitrous oxide on an engine. What do you call that when the border is now a weaponized gate to magnet and facilitate and funnel in people to invade the country? It's the federal hijacked government's invasion point, invasion accelerator. The border's not abolished. The border's not collapsed. The border's not dissolved. 
The border is an enticement zone, a magnet, a lottery ticket, a payday, a weapon. The border is now a weapon system run by the federal government and the Pentagon to invade and destroy America. The border is now a weapon system to cannon, to supercharge, uh, to amplify, to put pressure to accelerate the end of this country. And that's it, replacement migration. It's now a UN globalist weapon system to destroy the country. So, but, but, but what's the term we use? It's a cannon firing illegal aliens into the country. It's a magnet sucking them up here. It's the opposite of a border. Reality and facts are important. So what do you define that thing? It's not a border. It's a wide open door through which illegal aliens are paid and enticed to invade the country with a bunch of kidnapped kids. All right. In the next clip, we're going to, also from Alex Jones, we're going to go into a little bit of the demographics of who is coming in. Um, usually when you think about waves of migrants, you're thinking women and children, but it seems like the majority of the people that are coming in, again, from regions and countries all over the world, are single men, military age, and that sort of fuels the fire to think that there's an aspect of this that is intended to be weaponized. But uh, let's hear what he has to say. We have the footage in California, Arizona, Texas, everywhere, every day, tens of thousands per sector pouring across. And you notice there'll be Hondurans or Venezuelans or Africans or people from the Caribbean or sometimes, not sometimes, every day, China. They're all in groups. Because the UN at the refugee camps gives them debit cards when they get there, pays for them to get to the refugee camps in Central America, then pays them with maps every leg, thousands of dollars more to get to their next destination. And finally, they're in the United States and they're directed where to go. I got a report here in the stack of a tiny town of a few hundred in Colorado and they directed 300 illegal aliens to go to it during a snowstorm, and there's an NGO set a building up to take the town over. Same thing was done in Europe. You read those articles years ago about tiny German town of 120 just had 300 Afghans put in it. All the churches and government buildings now house them. They're never deported, 99% of the time. This is a ultra massive, total, complete takeover. Here's footage on screen of the federal contractors smuggling children in an airport. I have dozens and dozens of those videos that are new. You know, to any airport, it's like seeing fish in a barrel. It's happening everywhere. So this is the reality, ladies and gentlemen. So when I give you the good news that at least people are starting to wake up to this, that's the silver lining, but overall, these are beyond storm clouds. This is a typhoon of corruption going on. This is replacement migration. It's the official UN plan. They're organizing them into voting blocks. They're using them for slave labor. They're using them for sex slavery. And then other military-aged men are being recruited to be police and military on record to be the enforcement class. So I want to build on that last point. He was talking about an idea of 
having this immigrant class be funneled into the military system of the of the U.S. slash potentially UN, and have them be a occupying force or maybe a police force against the American citizens because they don't identify as Americans, um, or they could be sent over to the Middle East or Ukraine as cannon fodder in a future conflict that may be happening because all kinds of things are brewing in that region. So lots of different reasons or lots of different ways that this population, this new incoming population could be leveraged by the so-called deep state or the military industrial complex. Uh, But one thing it's not is any kind of authentic, compassionate relocation plan. And in an upcoming clip, we're going to hear again Alex Jones. This time he'll be uh, speaking with Jimmy Dore. They had an interview together. I like Jimmy Dore a lot. He's a comedian who has turned to a really solid uh, podcaster and sort of news presenter. And they'll be talking about how this is really forming like a permanent underclass. Like I was talking about earlier, if this group steps out of line, they could be uh, sort of sent back out of the country. So they are highly motivated to stay compliant. They don't identify as Americans or with American sort of culture, whatever that means. So let's hear that. I wanted to just touch on the immigration problem because I've totally flipped on this. And I was always the more immigrants, the better, which I still love immigrants. We're a whole country of immigrants. Um, but I noticed that it's being, this situation is being manipulated and I couldn't really put my finger on why. Uh, why are they having an open border and what, what, which they are? And right now you have uh, cities, uh, Eric Adams in New York is screaming <laughs> that their whole city is going to going down the toilet because they can't handle the influx of all these uh, immigrants that are coming to the, his city. It used to be a sanctuary city, and now he's trying to find a way to get them to stop, but they're not stopping. And he, I was listening to Dick Durbin. He was a senator from my old home state, Illinois, and listen to what he says. Here's one of the reasons why they want to get as many immigrants as they can in here. Watch this. The presiding officer, my colleague from the state of Illinois, has legislation which addresses one aspect of that. Her bill, and I hope I describe it accurately, says that if you're an undocumented person in this country and you can pass the physical and the required test, background test, the like, you can serve in our military, and if you do it honorably, we will make you citizens of the United States. Do we need that? Do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the Army and the Navy and the Air Force? They can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. They don't want to serve in their own military in their own country. They want to go to a foreign country and serve in their military. This is according. <laughs> That's so, called mercenaries. Yeah, this yeah. is this is kind of how this is how Rome ended. No, and uh, yes. so this, so he's giving the game away there. He says it right out in the open. We have to fill our military with foreigners. Leader like, cops and our farms, and 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 have our be our farm workers, have have them be our yep. medical workers, and our military, and have them be our cops. This seems bad. Well, it's so bad. Here's what Eric Adams says about it: We're seeing uh, the erosion of the quality of life that we've improved on in such a short period of time of this administration, and we have been impacted uh, for for many uh, months. 
We were able to keep the visualization of this crisis from hitting our streets, but we have reached a breaking point. We're no longer able to do that because of the volume and numbers. Just last week, we had 3,900 people that arrived here. We are averaging anywhere from 2,500 to close to 4,000 a week. And if you do the math, you see that's 8,000 every two weeks, potentially 16,000 a month that we must feed, clothe, house, educate children, and all the services that you would give a normal adult. And we're seeing that play out on our streets of New York. And that is what the breaking point looks like, what we are experiencing right now. So he's seeing, he's, he's saying seeing, that, uh, the, that New York is at the breaking point, yet there's nobody that has a solution to this. Nobody even wants to, seems like they want to do anything about it. Well, I, I can uh, tell you exactly what's going on, and you're, 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 you're dead on. Look, there's UN documents. Before that, there's a 100-year-old called Kalergi plan in Europe. And the royalty got together, and they said, our people are too uppity. But if we bring in giant third-world populations that we control yep. and that we put on government jobs and government assistance, it'll be a new Praetorian guard for us. But, but it's worse than that. If you go back to the lockdowns that only went on for like a year and a half here, or in Europe or Australia, they went on under IMF World Bank control over those countries that are in deep debt to, to the central banks. They were under two, two and a half, three-year lockdowns, and they did big polls of the migrants. And they said, there's no jobs. The farms are shut. The factories are shut. I'm starving to death. I've got to come here. So they're victims of globalism being shut down. And yeah, our country needs new people. We're an aging population. We're not having more children. We're not having replacement rate. So I'm all for bringing people in, and, 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 and immigration is what founded this country, absolutely. But when you organize them in UN camps, give them debit cards to get here, and you bring in you know, millions and millions and millions a year into an infrastructure that's already falling apart with uh, the, the, the services being cut, with massive inflation, it lowers wages. It doesn't help the third world, like Ross Perot said. It hurts the third world. They fall more. We fall down. And the globalists have this big population. And then all these blue cities have passed laws for illegals to vote in local elections. They're under the control of the local community organizers. They're told how to vote. Now they get fast-tracked into the military. <laughs> they purge the military with the shots and critical race theory. And, and, and so all the professionals get out. And then now they're going to replace it with the domestic security force that Obama talked about that's just as big and just as strong as our military. And Illinois and other states are passing laws to have illegal aliens, as your co-host said, be the police. So you, you nailed it. History doesn't just rhyme, it repeats. Rome started doing this, and in a couple hundred years they collapsed because the enforcers they brought in said, hey, we're the bosses. Well, this won't take hundreds of years. Everything now is compressed. <laughs> Everything is accelerated. There's more change now in a year than you know happened the previous ten, and that's going to get more accelerated in, in a type of singularity. I don't believe in a pure singularity or a total singularity, but but it's it's definitely going towards that. So they lock down the third world, and then Al Gore says, "Man, a, a climate change is what's making a billion people." He said last week on TV. Come here. Well, it's funny. In the UN replacement migration document that they say doesn't exist, and you're racist if you pointed out from the year 2000 and 2001, or several of them, official UN policy is to bring the third world here. And they say climate change will be the reason, then we'll bring them here. No, the policies of shutting those countries down 
and then flooding us. You know, tens of millions extra starved to death, the UN admits, during the lockdowns. They blame the virus. It was the lockdown. So they destroy the third world and then do reverse colonization, bringing these groups in. And, and, and then they put many of them, as you know, working 15 hours a day as young as 12 years old uh, in tire factories and cereal factories and kids get caught in the machines and their fingers and arms get cut off and it's back of the newspaper. And then you've got all the sex slavery and they've lost track of 87,000 children uh, and 400 plus thousand. They don't know where they're at either. I, I mean, folks, this is the jungle 2.0. This is, this is absolute dehumanization and this is lowering the standards not helping the third world, but lowering them and lowering us again so no one can aspire to the big carbon footprint. Austerity is good. Humans are bad. So he kind of lays out the bigger picture there. Uh, I like that quote. And I want to follow up with a short clip that has to do with the trafficking, the sex trafficking, the child trafficking. Now, this is just a short one, but it's from a guy named Nick Bryant. And he was somebody who broke the story on the Franklin scandal, uh, I think it was called. But it had to do with a child. This is back in the 80s before Epstein story really broke out. Um, but this had to do with a child sex trafficking ring run by the FBI or CIA or somebody uh, that was involved with funneling kids from Nebraska to D.C. And when the, when the story broke or the case broke... Uh, they found that the house where these politicians were having parties and, and these kids were being funneled to, uh, that there was a big surveillance operation within the house. So the whole thing was designed to entrap basically politicians, and that's how you get them to play ball. Uh, so they, so this has been going back a long way, this kind of trafficking he's talking about. Um, but it is definitely tied in with the Epstein thing, which is very clear that that was intelligence groups behind that and um and alex jones the way he talks about it which makes sense to me that this, it's sort of like an, a gang initiation or initiation cult is that um uh, to you know like in some gangs they'll have you kill somebody or do, break some kind of crime in order to gain entry because that way the gang has leverage over you and so you become sort of bound to the group and so having you know, politicians or executives or something trapped up with child sex trafficking is the equivalent uh, at this national level, political level of getting, uh, of having these people initiated into this sort of cabal, so to speak. So that makes sense to me. But um, so Nick Bryant investigated Epstein. I think he broke the black book aspect of this Epstein story, but he was also back with the Franklin scandal years ago and wrote a book on that so he's a he's a good source but anyway here's nick bryant and he's going to be talking about the uh unfortunately the uh sex situation our government is aiding and abetting child trafficking in the case of jeffrey epstein and like let's say someone lived down the block from you and you knew that they were aiding and abetting child trafficking i mean you would never trust them. You would never let your kids near them. And here our government is aiding and abetting child trafficking. I mean, so how can we trust our government? We cannot, we've reached a point where we cannot trust our government. If, if our government is that corrupt, 
we can we can no longer trust the government. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a if our government is that corrupt. I think it's a, our government I mean, is that is corrupt, that corrupt in multiple arenas. So he makes a very good point there. It should be obvious now that you cannot trust the government uh, at this point. And uh, so the situations are being set for an inevitable great reset because there's no going back at this point. Uh, because if we ever had justice brought, this is a, a point I made in one of my Instagram reels. Um, I make the point that if you can ever have justice be reinstated, that the entire leadership class of the West, America, the EU, and actually most countries in the world would, would go down because they've been implicated and involved in this very, very deep corruption. And maybe that's the true Great Reset. Because as I've been arguing in my long book on the secret history of the 20th century, the evidence points to the fact that there has arisen a entity I call a technocratic superstate. It's really an institution, and this is above and beyond these networks of oligarchy and corruption. And so I, I look at the this whole network that we're glimpsing in terms of the this corruption as being part of the oligarchy. But within that structure is, is something that's almost invisible, and you you just get uh, kind of hints of what the outer structure of it looks like. But this is the technocratic superstate as a scientific body, and it governs using the logic of social engineering. And so that seems to be the secret driver operating behind the oligarchs. And if we're going to have a great reset that does involve the restoration of justice and the excising of this oligarchical class, what will be left is this technocratic superstate. So if we're going to move into a world government, particularly if it's a government that features the revelation of new breakthrough technologies, a whole new energy paradigm, it'll be this technocratic system of government that will ascend and I think will excise from itself this old oligarchical ruling class, which has emerged and been dominant for much of the past 5,000 years, a period of time that coincides with the Kali Yuga. So I want to play a short clip from Tucker Carlson in a recent interview that he did you know, I, I sort of ignored and dismissed him for a long time. And then starting with the COVID stuff, I'm like, oh, I kind of like what he was saying. And now I feel like he's one of the best uh, public voices out there. So it's it's heartening to see that some of the most popular figures are actually putting out some of the best content and being some of the best, most courageous in terms of speaking truth to power. So for me, there's an intellectual curiosity at work here that I think you can work with. And uh, I hope I've, I have uh, have a chance to Im- imbue some philosophy into that realm because you know philosophy is nowhere to be found in the modern age and that's really my goal is to instill the principles of philosophy back into the world but um anyway i really like some of the things that tucker carlson has been saying in some of his speeches recently and uh i want to play one of them here where he's just talking about the open border crisis it makes it clear that this has no other purpose other than to facilitate the deconstruction of the institutional structure of the country. This is, again, this is also happening in the EU, and certainly this is being done with an eye to replace it with something that resembles something more of a technocracy. But let's hear what he has to say. Why would you, as the American economy sits on the cusp of collapse, when the U.S. dollar is worth, worth less than it's ever been worth, when our debt service is more than our defense spending, And when robotics are eliminating entire classes of jobs for working class people, why would you admit illegally tens of millions of people from the poorest countries in the world with no skills? Why would you do that? Is there some crazy plan the Chamber of Commerce, which is for it, by the way, has where this is going to, I don't know, make labor cheaper? No. 
kill plan. That will destroy the country, and that's why they're doing it. I mean, that's really the only explanation that's reasonable because there is no rationale. Nothing about it makes sense at all other than to eventually, to basically maneuver assets into place both here and in Europe with the idea of maybe sowing chaos for a period and then implementing a new sort of institutional order. That's what it seems. I can't think of another possibility. So this next clip is also from Tucker Carlson. It's uh, from his show on Twitter. He's interviewing Colonel Douglas McGregor, who I've cited a lot in my analysis of the Middle East. Um, definitely go back and look at that Substack series I did. You can see some of his statements that I've isolated out for Instagram reels. In fact, one of the reels has gone went viral and got 1.3 million views that I posted on Instagram. Several other are in the six digits of of his stuff. So he's very popular and I actually really like what he has to say. I mean, I think he is doing some of the best analysis I've seen. So anyway, in this next clip, he's going to try to tie in this situation that's going on in the Middle East and America's involvement in it with this open border policy. We're deliberately funneling potential terrorist cells into the country at the same time that we're causing war with the Islamic world with our support for Israel and our driving this far-right Israeli coalition to enact this plan for a new Middle East, so to speak. And so it's uh, undermining American stability in the region and also creating a vast amount of hatred that will inevitably have a counter-reaction here at home. And we're very vulnerable at this point to all kinds of different terrorist attacks that could really undermine the infrastructure of the country. And so... Again, this seems part of a scheme to bring entropic negation into the American system. But anyway, let's hear what he has to say. And let's just keep in mind that one of the big, as he's speaking here, one of the big initiatives of the COVID lockdowns worldwide, and particularly with Bill Gates and that whole crew, is to establish a digital ID system. This was also a dream of the Rockefellers. And so this seems like an a la carte mission to have this digital ID system. If there are going to be terrorist attacks coming, breaking out across the country, could an inevitable response to that be, okay, we don't know who's in the country, therefore we must have digital IDs. So if the, since the COVID thing didn't work out with the digital IDs and the vaccines and stuff, could this be phase two of that initiative? Because I, I can't see a response that wouldn't include that should there be chaos at home. Uh, from a Middle East war and all kinds of terrorist cells at home. Uh, everybody would be at this point saying, yeah, we need digital IDs and, you know, the kind of China type surveillance systems put in place because otherwise the chaos will continue. So that's the only reasonable way to lock down the chaos. So this seems like that could be, a, this whole situation could be in part a setup for that. But let's hear what he has to say. What about the concerns of, about terrorism in the United States? Well, I think they're very valid. Yeah, I, I think these concerns are very, very valid. We've had open borders now for the last two and a half years, but we've had an illegal migration problem for the last three plus decades. We don't know who's in the country. We really don't. The Europeans face something quite similar. They were bullied into admitting millions of Muslims from the Middle East and Africa. We've been bullied by our government to open the borders and let in effectively anybody who wants to come. So we don't know who's here, but we do know that Hamas, as well as Hezbollah, have positions in Mexico. So we have to expect that once Hezbollah is in the war and we are against them and Iran, 
that much of our infrastructure will be at risk. Something as bad or potentially even worse than 9-11 could happen here. So he makes a good case there. I'm going to follow his point up here with another clip that also is making the same kind of general points. This is from the Sean Ryan show. And this is uh, from an interview with a former CIA analyst. I can't remember her name. Um, but this is from one of his shows from a couple months ago. So uh, here's a clip. The chaotic and deadly U.S. evacuation from Afghanistan stunned Americans and the world. So they're, they're doing all this training and stuff in Afghanistan, Al-Qaeda and all these international terrorists. You think they're going to start coming up through our southern borders? Well, they've already started. Do you know that for a fact? Yes. How do you know that? I was told several different times about group pockets of terrorists that procured passports from the Afghan government with the sole purpose of coming to our southern border. The thing is, remember, they're on offense now and they are coming for us. And a lot of them, remember a lot of these guys we locked up for 20 years and we didn't lock them up in um, a nice prison in the United States. They were in Polycharky prison. <laughs> it's like this really shitty prison outside Kabul. Like there are, there are terrorists very, very upset and they want revenge. This is not painting a good picture, Sarah. I know it's not. You think they're going to come through the southern border? I think the southern border is the easiest place to come through. But if they can get in a refugee pipeline, they can come straight in. So the refugee pipeline is very dangerous. Right. Remember, we killed their family members in Afghanistan, their terrorist family members. We killed the terrorist family members in Iraq, right? Like, we, we killed a bunch of them when they did spend a little bit of time they did in ISIS and Libya. Like, there is a lot of revenge, you yeah, know? Man. All right, so that's the second to last clip I have. The last one is a short clip that I isolated from a recent podcast of mine where I talk about the digital ID system and the open border. I'm just going to uh, kind of re repeating some of the points I've already made, but I'm going to play this one more time just to emphasize the idea, and then I'll be back with a few concluding remarks. Does creating chaos and terrorism at home create a condition where the populace is going to be begging for security measures and full ID measures and the way that they were rejecting them or not wanting them so much a couple of years now after the COVID crisis, because COVID very much seemed like, oh, it was also part of a digital ID system that they were trying to implement. So is this phase two of that global ID system initiative? And does this whole open border thing, these terrorist cells, the war in the Middle East, are these coming together to maybe create a new type of planned catastrophe in order to set the stage for the embrace of these new platforms and this new model of governance, which is now going to be based on controlling, you know, your digital ID and your central bank digital currency. And you can kind of now regulate people's actions and behaviors based on those things. So, all right, so that's something to look out for. And I hope this episode has tuned you into the importance of this issue and I think it's going to increasingly be in the news and on people's minds. And it should be because it's uh, unmistakably a next major move in the, the Great Reset Initiative. And it ties into all these other things going on in the world that I've been uh, covering a lot, including the catastrophe in the Middle East. But uh, there's lots more going on. I haven't done too much with the CBDCs. I'm going to talk, want to be talking about that soon. And... Um, let me just pause and step back for a minute. You know, the overall theme of my channel is to unite modern science with ancient philosophy and apply those two to the study of modern geopolitics, not only with the idea of, 
you know, tracking what's going on in the world in terms of events and new developments, but also to use these data points to bring them into the model of philosophy and science that I put together and to try to build an overall model to suggest, like, what do these things say about the nature of human civilization and human life and the changing nature of it, the evolution of it. And so, you know, my these larger themes about technocracy and oligarchy, these all fit together into a, a model that in many ways replicates the old caste system and kind of gives it a modern approach um, and talks about archetypes and talks about the sort of collective mind, the collective psyche, the unconscious. And uh, the most important thing to remember is that there is a unified field. So all these things that are happening in diversity are taking place within unity. And so nothing is actually out of control, but uh, you know, things are being driven archetypally according to a, almost like a cosmic clock. And there's a saying from Manly Hall that the, uh, the initiates and the great sages are the guardians of the wheels of time, so to speak. So there's nothing that we can do. Like free will is not free to change that archetype. But what we do is we are free to change our relationship with it. And I think that's one of the things that the, this period of time that we're living through, as we're on the cusp of uh, global government and we're potentially moving towards the end of, the, of a uh, sub-cycle, a dark ages, the Kali Yuga, so to speak, um, that we are being forced to level up. And part of that is, means lots of unredeemed baggage from the past, uh, undealt with trauma and fixations and complexes of various types, that we are being forced to confront those in a very... Uh, intense way in, in a very compact period of time so it is the fight with the shadow and that's actually the topic of the next video I want to be uh, or next podcast I'm going to be doing is to go back over my thesis of the collective shadow and go over some more examples of how that's manifesting in modern life and I think this whole case study of videos I've gone into today are talking about that that idea of the shadow the fight with the shadow and so I'll leave you with that. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, this is the Wisdom Nutrition Podcast. My name is Alex Sacken. You know, go to my website, alexsacken.com. You can find links to all my work. Subscribe to me on uh, Substack. And uh, I also have a membership page. I'm going to be doing a, a question and answer thing soon with the uh, paid members. And uh, my book on Manly Hall is available on Amazon. You can find a link to that on my website. Uh, I have a few t-shirts left on si of size large and extra large. If you want to get the bundle with the book and the t-shirt, a, a signed copy of the book, please get, uh, do that. Support the channel. I really appreciate that. And uh, that's it for now. So thank you very much and God bless. Mm -hmm.